Welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me this time again is my 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 brother in pods, Jonathan. That's right, back again, and we're not the only guys in today. No, we have a very special guest, and I'm going to try to pronounce the name right because we just discussed certain Swedish names sound really weird in English. My my uh, an old friend of mine named uh, Charlotta or Charlotta, if you're doing it in English, sort of yeah. a hybrid. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the Swedish sound, it sounds like uh, Arabic, right? We just discussed yeah. Yeah. Charlotta. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me here. Nice to meet you too. I haven't seen you before. I just no. said before uh, that uh, Eric has brought along some friends. He He's a popular fellow, but uh, <laughs> I haven't met you. So he nice to see is. you. Yeah, nice to see you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Now, actually, the um, we we knew each other back from when I used to hang out at a place called Gullevillan quite a bit. And it took a, I didn't initially know you were an Iron Maiden fan, which is interesting. Because no. if I had known that Initially, we probably would have hung out more uh, yeah. back then. <laughs> we probably would have. Uh, yeah. And we also, I remember like our strongest Iron um, Maiden bonding was that we mm. had like a session uh, where mm. we listened to the whole Final Frontier album in one go, like the same day it was released. Same day it came I out, yeah. I really we, remember yeah. that. And we were listening to Coming Home then. Yes. Yeah. 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 One of the two nice songs to for today. Yeah. Nice to have such listening sessions, really. Yeah. I've had that with friends sometimes. Uh, the last time was with the new Tool album came out oh, uh, nice. a couple of years back. Yeah. Yeah, we had that booked in and I even went to town by bicycle to buy it, even though it was on Spotify. But, you know, and it yeah, was incredibly wanted, uh, expensive yeah. too. It was uh, one thousand six hundred oh. Swedish crowns. Really? Yeah, but you you, wow. you got the the yeah, the limited edition weird version, right? Yeah, with this LED screen, you can charge oh, it with USB. Yeah, I saw that yeah. one. Crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, it did add something to the to the premiere. You could say, yeah, because obviously the effort and the money, you know, the investment, yeah. it, it yeah, brings yeah. you further closer to. And we have like. Nad on that one, me and my friend. So we own half of it each. Oh, nice. that, that's like that's like a joint custody. It's like they were married, had a divorce, and that was the child. Yeah, that's the child I, was uh, Fear Inoculum by by Tool. Very good album, actually. Yeah, yeah. it is. I, I just I would have bought it. I would have paid easily that as much, but if if it'd been on vinyl, but since they don't have it on vinyl, you know, I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, but so. I consider oh, them a yeah. CD band. This is a CD type band. You know, they're not from the vinyl era. But then again, large artworks are nice. Yeah. Mm. I know. I know they they, they released uh, one of my favorite albums, Lateralis, was infamously released on a picture disc that apparently has horrible sound quality. Yeah, they do. All of them do. Well, especially this one because I know this one is infamously bad. Uh, so, so when we have a new guest, when we have a new guest, we always ask, and we always need to ask, and we're always curious to know how you got into the band, like how it started, and uh, kind of where it went from there to today. In you know, in uh, as long time as you'd like, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess it started in, I would say, 2003, when I was 13, or 12, 12, 13, between that age. And I can't remember um, exactly which song it was, but I saw, it had to be maybe a song 
from Dance of Death, maybe, that I saw on MTV. It was recent, yeah. Maybe Rainmaker. Could maybe, been, yeah. yeah, maybe it was Rainmaker, actually, um, because I know they played that one on MTV. And I was like, whoa, what's this? And I'd been listening to some, like, new rock, you know, that kind of music that you teenagers listen to, like Linkin Park and, and such. And yeah. I was like, I really, I really dug the sound. Uh, so I, I started listening and I uh, bought the Rock in Rio uh, live show on DVD. And I watched that and then it just went from there and started listening to all the albums, like got really into like, especially like Power Slave. Uh, and also Fear of the Dark, I remember. Mm -hmm. So I had like a couple of favorite albums, but, and I've been listening, they're like an, an old friend that I visit from time to time now, I would say. Um, yeah. But I've, se I've seen them live probably five times uh, or four times maybe. Uh, the fifth was supposed to be last year, but we know what happened. We do. Uh, so, Wait, what so happened? We'll I'm kidding, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, uh, I think uh, that's the age I got into the band as well. It's a really good age to get into Maiden, I think. Yeah. 12, 13, because they are, they have this naive quality that we have mm. discussed before and the, and the nerdy quality that is yeah. appealing in that age. But it's also uh, complex and fierce enough to be uh, challenging to you at that age. I think it's a very good time to get in there. But then again, I've had bandmates that got in way later because of mm. me and they still became big fans. So yeah. obviously it's an open door in that sense, but I think 12, 13, great age to get into it. And you probably will be a fan for life then. Yeah, exactly. They made like a strong impact on me and me listening to music and how I approached new music, really, I would say. Uh, so yeah, yeah I agree. Have you, have you played anything or just listened? Uh, I played bass uh, when I was around that age and also some guitar. Uh, but that was a long time ago, <laughs> so yeah. not actively playing okay, now. Yeah. But I also, I, I, yeah, I learned a couple of songs on bass, um, a couple of Maiden songs, I remember. Uh, yeah. But that was something I, I never pursued it further after I was a teenager, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but you don't yeah. have to play for that long to get no. uh, a, an expanded listening experience, I think, yeah. because... Some friends have told me that, oh, I'm happy I don't know music or music theory because then I can listen, you know, free or something like that. Mm. But for me, it's always been rather the reverse of that, that yeah. if I know some theory or techniques, uh, I get more engaged in the music and it doesn't really, it doesn't deveil the sounds, you know, it's just, mm. it makes it even more intense for me to do that. And you don't need to play much. You know, I started playing when I heard Maiden and I just riffed and... And it was already enough to be impressed by what I couldn't understand and couldn't do musically. So I yep. think it helps. But it also, of course, they have a lot of listeners that just listen. And we all, everyone in a band loves those guys. They're yeah. very important. You know, well, for, for, should, should be straight. For, for, for me, I would say that there's, there's certain songs that I, I love so much that I don't want to learn. Uh, just because I feel Happens if I got to that level, I just wouldn't want to touch. Like, how will be the name I've never attempted to touch? Because mm. uh, I just don't want to, I don't want to ruin... I mean, I can I can figure out if I think about it more in a few. I can figure a lot of it out, but I think it's more fun just having it, you know, yeah. as a magical call. Certain like, but there's some of the songs, like for instance, like that we could probably get to sooner. Flight of, Flight of Icarus is one of my favorites. Th that one I have I can play because I could just it's you know it's pretty easy to figure out. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. now just experience. I had that experience with the Ghost of the Navigator that I learned I learned it and it was less magical, but it's the only Maiden song 
where this have happened. And mm. now I haven't played it in years. So now I'm back to listening to it again. You know, it, you can yeah. always reset it. But that song it kind of, that was a bit unveiled in a sense, in a maybe not great sense when I, when I learned it. But normally I would just get closer to the music. Yeah. Now, now just out of curiosity, uh, when, when you started, when the, the songs you did kind of learn on bass and this stuff, what, 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 songs, what songs were you, you, you tried to learn to play? Oh, good question. Um, I think I learned probably Fear of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, probably a couple more songs from that album. I can't recall exactly which, but also Blood Brothers, I remember. That's mm-hmm. a fun song to play. Yeah. Our, our friend of the pod, Eric Arke, very good bass player, he he started with that, you know. He, ah. he tried he even attempted playing it before he could play and that guy can really play today. So, oh, nice. So it, it was a starting point. Yeah, it usually yeah. is, in many cases anyway. It is like a, yeah. a place to start. I think Run to the Hills was one of my first riffs, but I didn't play the wah, wah, wah band. I played <laughs> no, the no, no. Under, underlaying Adrian Smith thing with, with like a quarter uh, fourths instead. Yeah. You know, easier. Ah. But yeah. uh, that's where it started, you know. That's the, the only song my guitar teacher could remember of Maiden, you know. <laughs> and then he brought in Europe, and I was like, I don't like Europe. What's up with you? <laughs> like you don't like Europe? I mean, you just lost. You played there Iron Maiden last week. Like it's all this not different. Not the same. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. It's interesting because speaking of Europe, I, I'm not a huge fan um, by any stretch of the imagination. But the, the few songs everyone knows, I don't really like any of them. And then I can't remember the damn song. But someone like a week ago played me a, a song I hadn't heard before from the old days, and I really liked it, which surprised yeah, but, me because hmm. I I don't like Final Countdown. The first album, Rips, is great. It's really right. quality Swedish heavy metal, but I'm not like uh, initiated yet. But I've always had a problem with Final Countdown. You know, I like hitty songs. I like big hits. Uh, I can enjoy, you know, Whitney Houston hits. But yeah. something is wrong with Final Countdown for me. The melody is is not there. You know, the this melody is, is too uh, obvious or something. It, it's really like, it's a little bit disgusting to me, I have to say, Final <laughs> Countdown. Be- but uh, before it's still props before- to Europe. Before we get into the, the, the what we're supposed to be talking about, I want yeah. to mention that uh, this is just from for the Swedish listeners. The first time I heard Final Countdown was not by Europe. I came to Sweden like 93, 94 from the States, and there was a, a show called Sikta Mulkwana, which essentially is, if you translate that, just it would be translated as Shoot for the Stars. And what, you'd, what they had there is they had people who could do musical impressions of people. So you had someone who did a, who could sing like Elvis, and he was there singing Elvis songs. You're like karaoke, had, basically, but I mean, proper, it, but more up. More involved in that because there's actual they're actually performing of a live band, but there's a dude who did did Joey Tempest, so he came in and did that song, and that's the first time I heard. It. I did not like it then, and I haven't warmed up to it in the past. Something you know. wrong with the melody, perhaps, and I think I, I don't like the, 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 the I don't like that. It's not fun. And in case of the first song we're doing today, the Clansman, some melodies are pretty close to that, you know, normal diatonic minor type mm-hmm. melodies, but it's it's something in the details, right? The devil is in the details, and I think mm-hmm. uh, that's like a maybe a good starting idea for discussing the clansman because there are a lot of details there are a lot of little flavors in this song a 10 yeah. minute epic but it it's a bit different maybe i want to send the, the word to our guest on like uh, your, your yeah. idea of the clansman my idea of the clansman yeah the yeah. song by maiden yeah the song uh yeah it has it has really this um how would you say this it has like a calm dramatic feel to it but then it has also these explosive parts uh, and it goes back and forth between like rising um into like a crescendo uh, and then it goes back like Mm -hmm. really calm uh and so it's very 
it's a very epic song uh, for sure. Yeah. I read an interview where Steve said that the, this opening melody and the opening, the very, it's very low dynamic, which means you're not playing very loud. And, uh, you know, just the hi-hat is going, uh, keeping the pace and uh, yeah. that little bass line and um, the, the little melody. And he said that he wanted to make this uh, scene, you know, basically a scene. And you could see the hills, yeah. the, the green hills of Scotland. Yeah. And uh, a guy alone, uh, you know, very basic, but uh, also yeah. works, right? You, you yeah. really, you're, you're put there. Yeah, very scenic. Yeah, yeah. as you say. Now you, now you said that you, you uh, one of the first ones you got was the Rock and Rio DVD, yeah. and that is uh, that song is that's one of the best versions of this yes. song. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it is. Uh, it takes okay. it to a. I mean, we we had um, uh, uh, we you know we had our we we had uh, Blaze on. A few, uh, well, when well when people at home listening haven't heard it yet. But they will hear it very soon. Uh, we will hear. I will play five minutes of that later. So. Oh, there you go. Know, very cool. Yeah, we're gonna hear his lowdown on the Clansman actually in a while. Oh. Yeah, a little but, teaser. But he. But so. But when when I was when I just heard it because uh, the first time I heard the song was when I heard I heard Bruce's version, and now I feel I feel they're almost you know, they're they're very different, but they're both I both you know I love them but both both of them. But the Rock and Rio version is yeah. is amazing. Uh, that uh, might yeah. be the best song on that album. I realize I may come off biased now because we just had Blaze on our show. Yeah. But this is the truth, uh, you know, no matter what, that I've actually always preferred Clansman with Blaze. And the reason is that it has this underdog type perspective, you know. He is the Scot and the, the hardship of the Scots. And he, Blaze always sounded and, I mean, his, his trajectory was more of an underdog, not only in the sound of his voice, but also like the whole thing with the 90s, holding up the 14 Maiden and coming in after Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, which, you know, impossible task, really. So for me, the Clansman, the, the passion in it lies in a bit of desperation, which mm. I think he projects better. And uh, Sign of the Cross, I would say they are even, you know. Yeah. So quite often, I think blue, blues, does that happen again? Blues, 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 blues Bailey. Blues uh, Dickinson. Quite often, I think Bruce Dickinson really, really, really like takes the song in and makes it even better or just as good. And I think Clansman is just as good and I'm glad they still play it. But mm. I have this little, little, you know, preference towards the Blaze version. I, th yeah, I think that's an yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting point uh, that you're saying that uh, he's coming in like as the underdog. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that, but that that is an interesting thought because I also I think I also prefer Blaze's version to the mm, song. Really? Uh, but it's because yeah, it's because he has this. They have very different voices, but he has this like raw undertone. You can really yeah. feel. Like he's re really getting into like the emotions of almost as if he's picturing himself there. Yeah, that's right. Totally, he's one. He's the one fighting for freedom, so to speak. Very emotional singer, and I think uh, yeah. this wasn't even my call back in the day when I had this Maiden cover band. We discussed uh, why Blaze Bailey, and we were all kind of you know we were not so perplexed by him taking over um, the lead singer part in Maiden because of the storytelling. It's super important for Maiden, and he has that down as much as Bruce. You know, he can't sing what Bruce sings sometimes, but uh, he has the storytelling completely down and yeah. very emotional. You know, it's completely ridden with emotion. Everything he does with with the mic, you know. Well, there's there's stuff he can't do as well, uh, but they, he probably shouldn't have. You know, I think we've discussed this many times that probably in that situation when he's the new the new the new guy in the band or in the biggest band in the world at that point, you know, maybe he could have. I, I think that if he if it was him now, he'd have the the uh, confidence to say. Hey guys, I can't do this one, so we got to put it another key yeah. or just do another song because there's stuff he can do amazing. And if you listen to his new stuff, 
He could probably do. He can do more stuff now than he could back then. Yeah, I think. I mean, my my previously addressed lawyer friend that helps me sometimes with lyrical analysis, uh, you know, because he's good at text and reading. He uh, he said that it's almost like uh, it's almost mean to put Blaze on the clairvoyant to to make a reason example from last week. That clairvoyant with Blaze, it's a mean thing. You know, it shouldn't have happened because it's it's torture to listen to it, and it must have been torture to sing it because it just doesn't really work. You know. No, yeah. but then, then you got stuff point, like, really. yeah, we got another song uh, coming up very soon. And we'll, we'll I just mention very briefly, because I'm sure I'll mention this again when we do it. Uh, Como estas amigos. And that song, I don't think that Bruce should do, because I think, I think that it just should be his. I think it's, it's a, it seems like it's a personal kind of thing that I, I would be weird if they, if, it'd be very weird if they picked that up now. If they did it before and it carried on. Maybe, yeah. but I think it'd just be Blazing Song. Uh, in theory, I agree with you, but I know that we're both advocates for covers and that a song can be done multiple times. It ne- doesn't necessarily have to get better. So I could That's see true, happen, yeah. That's but true. I, I still agree with you. You know, it's still it's still a holy grail in a way. And we can look forward to that next week. Uh, we'll have Blaze talking about that song for almost 25 minutes yeah. next week. I think it was, it was, it was yeah. not hard to get that man to talk about stuff. I'll tell you that no. much. <laughs> <laughs> On that single song, dear listeners, yeah. 25 but minutes. I, yeah, but I was gonna say uh, the um um. It's hard to mention that we're gonna go back to the Klansman. It's hard to mention that song, uh, without mentioning a, a certain movie because yeah, the, the song is not there, there's not, no way hidden whatsoever that it's inspired by and about the movie. You know, on base movie Braveheart. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I watched it the first time before this before recording really? this. Yeah, really? in preparation for recording this made an AZ episode. I'm not a huge movie watcher. No. In general, and when I watch movies, I'm more into drama and you know uh, movies with actual plots. Uh, no, it has a plot. Whoa! It's a plot. So listen, listen. There's I a lot it. of Scotsmen who <laughs> yeah, just to disarm this. I liked it. It was good. Uh, yeah, I, I made some notes. My first note was a very stupid movie. My second <laughs> note was a great movie. Yeah, and you know this actually note, happened, right? <laughs> yeah. And my third note was uh mel gibson has a, a unhealthy fascination with men being tortured and standing their ground uh that was my three notes but then after uh, watching the whole thing i also noted three hours went very fast which yeah. is a good sign it's a good movie i liked it and i'm yeah. now i'm 34 this year so may, maybe about the same age as steve when he watched it you know mm. a few years younger yeah well, and he I mean, seemed I, I, to like it yeah yeah i i saw it when it came out initially and um yeah i mean the, obviously they did change quite a few things from what actually happened to you know the uh you know the movie as you uh, should well you sure but you I know think. but and also you know because because of the um because of the popularity of the movie um and no one really knows what william wallace looked like so there's a statue of william wallace in scotland but they based it off mel gibson yeah. Oh wow! Who in turn yeah. looks a bit like Steve in the movie. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, I think really, I think they'd be more really happy does. with that because he really does. That statue Steve was Mo- built be- way before all the the yeah. you know the, the stuff with his wife and the anti-Semitism. So, but and if, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're a listener to this pod, you know that Steve is stubborn. Oh, or yeah. if you if you know Steve, so I think when he watches a character like William Wallace, he's there. He's like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. me. You know, like he said, he would rather wipe the streets than play than adapt his music. Mm. And adding, in fact, I did. So at some point he was like a street cleaner. Yeah. And I think that's his attitude. That's his kind of, you know, not giving in. Uh, as, as Mel Gibson's character, William Wallace, he's not giving in till the last second, right? He's uh, no. getting tortured. Yeah. And then it's like, confess, confess your sins. And mm. he just screams freedom. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the chorus of the song. 
but it's an interesting point that you said that thing with the statue that yeah. they have a statue that looks like Mel Gibson because no one knows obviously because it's so long ago how William Wallace actually looked like that obviously it's more the symbol of William Wallace that's important uh, than actually who that person yeah. was really and that goes I think maybe it was an because this is one of those like historically and movie themed song that Maiden did, uh, but to to get into this theme of like freedom and how you can interpret it in different ways and uh, yeah, as as mentioned, to be the underdog and and to fight for your freedom, uh, so like adapting to that character um, might come as maybe pretty natural. Um, to make I a strong so, yeah. song from it, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And also in the movie, you have this, uh, you addressed before the, um, the symbol of William Wallace. And also in the movie, you know, he comes to a new territory, meets new people. And they're like, yeah. uh, William Wallace is seven feet tall, you know, and he adds, William Wallace shoots uh, lightning bolts from his arse, you know. You know, it's just uh, also the symbol of him is already mm. prominent in the movie, more so than the guy. And then the guy happens to be Mel Gibson. Probably mm. in reality, he looked... Uh, I guess worse. I don't know. But. <laughs> I mean, probably kind of, kind of, could kind of look like that. Maybe I don't know. But uh. well, the blue eyes also put me off a little bit. That was a minus for me in the movie. His eyes yeah. are too blue. Mm. Yeah, it freaked me out a little bit. But not very Celtic. Good movie though. Good movie though. Good and movie. Great, and the great, great music in the movie too by James oh, Horner. Yeah. yeah, it is. I thought the music was a little washed out. To be honest, all right. I, I felt mm, like I in moments, fits. in moments, it was awesome when they had like some toms and they really built up this Celtic space. But a lot of it was just. Uh, the team theme of the Shire, you know, kind of. Well, no, let's flute. okay. Let, 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 let's yeah. be fair. The theme of the Shire is the theme from Braveheart. This came way before. That is true. Any, that any is kind true. of you know fucking Lord but, of the Rings bullshit. Was it wasn't that. as it wasn't as overused in Lord of the Rings. They had more thematics, more themes. They spent more money on on That's the music. True. For wait, sure. hold on. This is, I mean, I don't want to because I'll get angry letters, but. The second anything remotely kind of touching happens between any two hobbits, there's the fucking <laughs> going on. So they, really, they're doing the, yeah, they're doing it all the time. Yeah, I never mentioned Lord of the Rings before in any pod, but yeah, I think that one has better music. I think Braveheart yeah. could have been great had they spent a little bit more money and maybe some of the of the scenes had really really cool songs. And others, it was just for me a little flushed out in the background, kind of it almost became Chinese restaurant type vibe, you know, mm. uh, the Muzak type feeling. But I'm coming back to it again and again. It was a good movie, and I didn't come in expecting it to be that entertaining to me at yeah. this age. Uh, I think it was James Horner, but because didn't Howard Shore do uh, Lord of the Rings? Howard Shore did Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and again, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, also, I, I do, I do like the music of Lord of the Rings. I, I just yeah. felt the need to be <laughs> <laughs> devil's advocate. extra anti. It's actually my dream job to do movie scores. That would be my. Yeah. Ultimate. If your if your dream doll was to specifically do movie scores to Lord of the Rings, you'd have a problem. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I yeah. do. I, listen, I'll do Braveheart. I'll I rearrange the music for Braveheart at some point. Uh, at All least right, for well, part of it. The uh, remix. Yeah, 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 because I think I could do that. Well, anyway, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the, song, uh, the yeah, which the is heavily based on a movie, but again, you know, more as Steve does it, he takes the vibe of it and he creates his own. Um, manuscript you know it's not yeah it's not mimicking any scenes or any anything of the plot in that sense it's more of the feeling of this underdog and this freedom how freedom is so important to him yeah well i mean i think i think though that uh, as far as when steve does things based on 
movies or books or whatever, this is one of the ones where he's kept closest to the source material. Probably, yeah. Because, and yeah, because there's the source a, yeah. material is not a deep well. Sorry to interrupt you, but the source material no, no, is quite is quite shallow. You know, it's quite easy to to summarize this movie. It's not hard. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, people came and he didn't like that, so he did things. That's pretty much the entire movie. But <laughs> yeah. uh, when there was music as well, apparently. <laughs> but, yeah, but it flew over. Three hours went really fast. What do you think yeah. about the movie, uh, Carlotta? Yeah, uh, I actually, I think I rewatched it this last summer or last spring. So it wasn't that long ago and I've seen it before, but I think it's it's a pretty good movie for, for being a like Hollywood historical picture yeah. made in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, good music, like good scenery, um, pretty good acting, maybe mm. too. Um, Mel Gibson is not a favorite of mine, <laughs> but, but he, he, I think yeah, a lot of people feel that way these days. <laughs> yeah. But he's still, but, he's a character though. He has character. So yeah, I exactly. Yeah. And he goes straight into these like tormented characters as yeah. he spoke of earlier. Uh, like he has, he's very fond of, uh, of, of, uh, torture, tortured, yeah, uh, literally yeah. tortured, not mentally, you know, not like, uh, mental troubles, but actually tortured. No, right. Exactly. I mean, cause one of, one of my favorite movies is in lethal weapon. He gets tortured in that. He does right, and then you yeah. got Passion of the Christ. He he, he doesn't. He, well, he, to be fair, he doesn't. He doesn't play Jesus in Passion of the Christ. That's someone but else. He directed it, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. But yeah. still, I think <laughs> you know. So he's like more torture, more torture. Yeah. It's really yeah. good, but more torture. I don't know. But yeah, it is a very long movie for yeah for that a, era. A pretty base, yeah, yeah, and a pretty base basic plot. You can yeah, say very uh, basic. like you have you really know where it's leading up to. It's mainly like that. The last part of the movie is really like the what it builds up to, and yeah. then it's it's mostly like scenic moments, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would say in the movie, but it still works, yeah. Um, and yeah, works great to build off like that kind of uh, because it has it has like everything. It has like a high sense of emotion. It has this. Um, yeah, strong patriotism um, yeah. and uh, and and uh, also the historical like era is very exciting. I think a lot yeah. of people uh, find that time fascinating, uh, like um, the clash between the, the Scots and the Brits um, during yeah. this time, uh, and also yeah. Also, uh, quite a bit of politics in it. You can find yeah. some of that stuff that Game of Thrones flavored politics, like uh, uh, Edward Longshank is giving land to everyone he wants to make a deal with on yeah. both sides. So he's giving them land in Scotland and in England, which is a clever device, you know, because then you will have you will unite them under you, so to speak. Yeah. And a lot of that with the you know with the treachery of of the lords in Scotland, you know, last second treachery and that kind of stuff. So. I think three hours flew by pretty quickly, and I put it in the genre of matinee. Is that a word in English too? Yeah. Yeah, I think it actually yeah. is an English word. <laughs> yeah, right. Or French, maybe? Matinee? Matinee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds French to me, but yeah. I think it's, it falls under there, and that's a genre I kind of like, actually. I like. I prefer that to action movies. Well, you know, you know there's a big there's, action movie fan. Just so you guys know, there's a sequel to Braveheart that came out last year. Okay, I'm going to really? give that a miss, probably, but yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it's it, 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 it's it's not Braveheart two now even braver. It, it's 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 uh, it's based off the the guy um, Robert the Bruce who became king. So, so at some point, okay. it's a movie about uh, him. So it's just literally called uh, let's see, 
Uh, it's called Robert the Bruce. It came 2019. The same guy. Yeah. The re- I say it's a sequel because the same guy who plays Robert the Bruce in, in Braveheart played him again in, in this. Okay. Uh, okay. But it's also, again, I don't know if it's sequel. It's just literally historically, you know, what, 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 you know, what, what happened? Because this, this is based off, what, you know, these, these are real yeah. people. So I'm assuming that the Robert the Bruce movie is maybe a tad more accurate than the Braveheart one was. But who knows? I haven't seen it. So. Yeah. But accuracy is not important. Accuracy is not important, I think. You know, it's still entertainment. No. And mm. I think uh, maybe to get into the music a little bit. Yeah, I probably should mention pre- the song as well. Pre- <laughs> yeah. Our previous guest, our previous guest, uh, Erik Arka, he really wanted to come on to this episode, but he's been busy lately with, with um, bass work, uh, among other things. Mm-hmm. But he did send me his, his take on, uh, on, on Clansman. Okay. We'll listen Great. to a little bit of that a minute or so. We, he already yeah. played it in Base of the Beast, but this he made for, uh, I think it's called Beast Worldwide which is this uh, YouTube cover thingy. So you can mm-hmm. see him play. And also he played with the drummer of uh, my old Maiden cover band in this song. But we'll, we'll be listening to the isolated bass track. Yep. That first part is really calm before the storm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so to speak. So to speak, it has a special kind of rhythm to it, which I feel quite northern European rhythm. It's not very danceable, but you know, it is danceable. But it's more of a it moves in a in a stiffer sense rhythmically than, for example, North African music or Mm. or something like that. You know, it really cements itself geographically. I think uh, Mm. this this rhythm and this and also the tones, of course. Yeah. There's also there's the also a bit mess. in the in the studio version where it sounds like he messes something up in the beginning of the bass. Yeah, yeah we which is about a, that last time the little kind of slips. Like, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we tried to find out why, but you know maybe he was stressed or you know because he just doesn't really do that doesn't do that live, but oh. it adds some flavor to the original that yeah. he slips because it makes it more gritty, you know, more medieval yeah. in a sense. I think. 
This is also one of those, uh, it has something in common with the, well, has like we just, you know, a lot of things in common with the movie, but also this, this is a long song. It doesn't feel very long though. No. No. The stuff happening all the time is always, everything's very, you know, it's, it's never boring. Yeah. No, it's, it's different scenes. You really could see it as like a part of a picture or something and that you can really, this was what I was, when I listened to the song, like a couple of times before, uh, this pod. Uh, and just like thought about, yeah, the whole that it, that it is inspired by Braveheart, and that you really can divide it into into different sections. And maybe yeah. that's why it it gets easier to listen to. It's really it's the same with the sign of, of the cross. Really, I would say too that it has this like it tells yeah. a, really it tells a story. Yeah, uh, and it's also it, that song has to be longer as well. So yeah. yeah. I think it's an interesting point because sometimes Steve just drags it out just because. We've been on Danger and the Gambler from this album. It's <laughs> just kind of dragged out for no yeah. reason, really. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't really. But these two songs, you could play them for five minutes longer and it would still work. You know, it's, you, Maybe because you're brought to the scene to such yeah. an extent that you don't really feel, um, you, you don't feel the, the rush of anything outside of the scene uh, rushing you. In a sense, yeah. you know, you're there and you can exactly. stay there for 10, 15 minutes. It's not really a problem. And uh, cool musically and phrasing is an interesting thing in this song. The phrasing is strange, like the, the vocal phrasing, for example. Uh, when the, but I know what yeah. I want yeah. and the yeah. timing is right. Yeah. And, and Bruce, Bruce doesn't really, Bruce does that, but he does his own thing with it. So he doesn't really do. But it's a very odd, uh, you know, very Steve way to write singing. You know, a singer mm. doesn't go for but I know what I want. <laughs> it's, it's very much, you know, he famously whistles and plays bass. Yeah. So something ah. like what we heard, what we heard now uh, that Eric did, uh, something like that. And he whistles on top, uh, the kind of guitar melodies or singing melodies yeah. and that kind of stuff. Interesting way to write, you know, he, he yeah, see, apparently yeah. always did like this. Apparently. I, I don't think, I think that for most people, that'd be a really hard way, very difficult way to do things. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for some for reason, sure. I never good. taught myself how to whistle. It's hard. You can't whistle? Inwards, only inwards. Oh. Can, can you whistle? Outwards? Yeah, I can whistle, but it sounds like shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. There we go. Not too bad. If you do one note, it can never be shit because it doesn't yeah. have to relate to anything else. That's true. Yeah. Um, imagine him trying to f- fucking whistle a Brian Asian Mariner. <laughs> when that happened <laughs> maybe he's an expert whistler he must yeah. be really good at that because be, otherwise he'd pass out <laughs> trying to do that <laughs> yeah true true uh, what else musically about this song um, we already touched on the most important part I think well, there's, there's a, there's a, it doesn't a, feel long yeah. it feels like uh, that's the amount of time you want to be there if not maybe even more you know, yeah. in this in the scenario and I like the chorus you know, we talked about that before, the Iron Maiden chorus, when they just repeat the title. But yeah. in this case, they just repeat the two-syllable, one-word catchphrase, which is freedom. Yeah, and it, it works really well uh, for the song. And uh, last time I saw it, um, 2018, Tele 4, it was incredibly strong. Like, yeah, that was... It was. Oh, yeah, they did the Clansman. I remember. Yeah. I was there, too. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly strong. Like, the, the, the whole yeah. um, arena was somewhat connected. during that song and it's interesting right when it comes from this era when it comes from late 90s virtual 11 something other bands would have shoveled under earth 
mm. at that point. You know, we talked about Black Sabbath, for example, and, and Sharon Osbourne hiding parts of their discography. This yeah, is yeah, more opposite. Yeah, this is the legacy of the Beast, and they spend twenty minutes on the Blaze era. Yeah. Very good. Well, I mean, also, the, I mean, yeah, because I don't know if you know this, uh, but uh, if you go onto Black Sabbath's uh, official website, uh, it, it it doesn't make any mention whatsoever of any of the albums that were with Dio or Tony. All, anything that wasn't Aussie is not on there. More so, than half of the discography, basically. Yeah, so it just jumps mm. from like there's there's a twenty like a seventeen year jump. The yeah. difference being maybe is that. Uh, besides that, uh, you know, probably the people sort of running, you know, like Rod Smallwood, uh, is probably has you know a little more sense than to do that. But also the fact that Bruce can sing the Blaze stuff, Ozzy could never on his best day sing the Dio stuff. Yeah, and ironically, Dio couldn't sing the Ozzy stuff, not because of vocal limitations, but because of interest limitations. He's not interested in singing Ozzy. So when he does, I don't know if you've heard this, when he does, for example, War Pigs, he butchers mm -hmm. it. He doesn't butcher it because he's a weak singer. In fact, he's the best probably in heavy metal ever. But uh, he doesn't care about the song. He doesn't feel thought, the song. I thought he and did it pretty okay. Up the rhythm, the rhythm is different. I don't like when he does when he does Ozzy, which is odd, you know, because being a huge Dio fan. But that that makes Sabbath different, and also Judas Priest. Uh, Halford never did anything from the Ripper Owens era. You know? Those aren't even on Spotify. No, so it's a rare thing to have this a band that celebrates an era with a different singer. And also, we know that Bruce and Blaze are friends. That helps, mm. probably. Now, there's the, the, uh, I'm going to mention before, uh, the, the solos are, are great, or the solo, at least. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find... Uh, I know there's an isolated track of Dave Murray playing it in Rio. Because mm. it's a Murray solo, isn't it, in this song? Isn't, isn't, uh, doesn't Yannick get one too? Or maybe just, maybe it's just uh, Murray. Um, I'll check it out. First one more. First one is the best, right? Yeah. And that's a short one, but it breaks <laughs> it down nicely into this. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But uh, so the yeah. So that's but also would probably one of Janik's best solos. Very good solo. Always when the Celtic mode hits, right? That's when uh, when Janik. Yeah, because he, he, he was he, 
We talked about how he's amazing, and you know his, his Blood Brothers solo is great too. Maybe he's the most Celtic half Polish guy. Ever. Yeah, Eastern European. I didn't know he's that Polish, but uh, yeah, he's half Polish. Yeah, his dad was a Polish sales sailor, I think. Yeah, and uh-huh. then he somehow ended up in England. Um, and um, Janik, I don't know the name. Is that British? I'm not sure. I mean, he 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 was born in uh, in. in in uh, Hartlepool, England, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, Post-war, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, 1957. But I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's very good part. Very good part. And I, I realize now that we listened because we, I, I played it back a bit too early. I realized it's another one of those Steve Harris trade-off lead parts. You know, when you get one awesome melody that hooks you up. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's not enough. I'm going to bring in another one. Yeah. And I don't know how he does this, you know, because Steve is, uh, as a composer, he's not advanced, not musically advanced. It's quite no. basic. But to be able to go from melody to melody without making the listener tired is really hard. So it must put a lot of heart or emotion into it somehow. Like he's feeling the next melody as he's doing yeah, the other one. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, f- I, f- I really think he's feeling it. And especially... Uh, especially in the in, in these, it hits differently in these um, more historical songs or the, the movie themed songs. Yeah, I don't know if he has an easier way of like getting into the emotion because he's he's there. He like pictures himself there and can see it more clearly. If he has a reference from the beginning that bounces back to him, maybe because you can really see, as you said, there's like one melody replaces the next and it's not it, they're elevating each other they and are. that yeah. solo is really like um the rest is kind of a little bit of a it's it's good in itself but it, it builds up to that part that's really when you see like the everything else is like before the battle yeah. and that is like during the battle yeah. if you see like the clansman fighting the brits really it really uh, is i would and say it also makes me think about my my drummer in one of my bands that is not metal that we play a different kind of music and he's never really been into it that much i mean every kid was into fear of the dark at a point so he was too and i sent him fear of the dark from rock in rio uh i don't think it's from the 2000 yeah from maybe from the dvd version probably but uh, it's, it's, like, it's, yeah he said, like, yeah, say what you want about Iron Maiden, but they understand dynamics, you know, because he's, yeah. he's into prog and jazz and that kind of stuff. But he's like, yeah. they really understand dynamics. And you couldn't really tell as a 13, 14-year-old no. how much of a grasp they have on, on building things and how the next part mm. is as much louder as it should be compared to the, the part before and how it breaks down. And here we have also, we mentioned Dave's solo, way shorter, not as anthemic, not as good, but it has the function of almost breaking the song. You know, at yeah. the very end when it goes, and then back to silence or back to the, the scenic, the scenic mm. picture or the calm picture. Yeah. So clever way to, to send you way back into mm. the song yeah. and like deliver you back to the starting scene in a way. Maybe the starting yeah. scene, but later could be the case too. Yeah, you know, the adding yeah. exactly. Yep. Or when the battle has died yeah. and uh, yeah. you're like, yeah, back to yeah. square one. Oh, wow. It's a pretty good song. <laughs> That's what I it is. <laughs> always, when, always when we're doing the pods, because I've listened to these songs, of course, hundreds of times. But when we do these pods, I get like a, a proper way to, um, to see how much I like the song today. This mm-hmm. happened last time with Clairvoyant, listening to the drum tracks and, uh, and Children of the Damned as well. They're so good. And I think this is another one of those songs. It's just a very, very good song. 
kind of irreplaceable. Now we also we have a kind of a tradition here, or not? I mean, I don't know if the tradition is the right word, but something we do do. We ask, uh, we discuss. We we have a list of um, uh, top that eventually is going to be fifty songs. Top We're 50, probably going to yeah. at some point remove some songs, but uh, the idea is of that course, we. Yeah. We we will uh, as we go. We we vote if we're going to put them on the list or not. Uh, and the way we've kind of structured it is, uh, who whoever is on the episode gets a vote as well. So it's uh, so yeah. So would you put this song on a top fifty list? Yes, I would put it on a top fifty list. I think we're this is a three way. Yes, definitely. So that's going yeah. on the list. <laughs> also, we're very very kind because if one out of three wants it on, it's on. Yeah, at, oh, okay. at yeah. this point, but then later cool. it'll be a game of survival, of course, yeah. <laughs> because they have more than 50 songs. Well, at some point, that. we're going to have to go through them all and probably get rid of a few. Let's listen to a little bit of, uh, of uh, Blaze Lowdown on, on the Clansman from this year. I mean, from our interview uh, a week back or so. It used to be years ago, it was in my set list when it wasn't in the Maiden set list. And. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's often uh, an outrageous reaction to that song because it, it's so filled with emotion. But one show that I did was in Belgrade, and it was a lot of problems. First of all, the original venue couldn't do the show. Then they found another venue, which was basically a large cellar, where occasionally they, they had uh, dance nights and they had no PA. Then they got a PA and the guy didn't know how to use the PA except for a disco. So we had to set the PA up. I said, oh, man. And <laughs> uh, we, we, we started the gig and it was really big guys were there. I mean, big guys, fit guys, and started to work out. These were all soldiers. You know, there's obviously, you know, Maiden fans who come to check me out, but they were soldiers. And, I mean, fit, big guys. And, like, and, uh, and we're kind of standing back because the stage isn't that solid. There's no barrier whatsoever. The stage is only about this high anyway. And we're thinking... They've been rowdy, these guys, and we're thinking, man, we started the Klansmen and we looked at each other like, oh, God, what's going to happen now? And it was like, and when it got there, man, when it got there, it was chaos. It was freedom, war! <laughs> oh, man, it was absolutely chaos. These huge guys jumping all over each other, punching each other. Oh, man. <laughs> It was absolutely crazy. And we, we were just looking into, oh, oh no, we, we can't stop. They'll kill us. So we, we kept going and going. And man, that was like the, I can never forget that gig. I mean, great crowd in Belgrade. But I remember that particular gig because I was at, during the Klansman, I was really in fear, man. And I was, oh, no. After the gig, I do my normal free meet and greet, and these guys are muscular. All this they come absolutely lovely, absolutely <laughs> just really <laughs> nice guys who had gone crazy. And they were from the army in oh, the yeah. cellar 
in Belgrade with the PA that we set up ourselves. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, what happens is that song is also a curse uh-huh. because, unfortunately, that is the one song where pe- almost anybody will try and get on stage. Freedom. Yeah. And it's like, well, why are you trying to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do you I really see. think the rest of the audience wants to see you? And also, you know, my fans are all different ages and different types. And one guy in Sweden waited till the security wasn't looking, got up during that part, dived off and kicked a lady, one of my lady fans, in the head. And she had a concussion and a neck injury. Holy shit. So so, I'm like, and then it's just so... It's wonderful and powerful, but it's also a curse. So at every single gig, when when I have that in my set list, I go to the security, I show them the set list, and I say, this is the one where you've really got to watch everybody and stop stupid things happening. Fights break out. Yeah. And it really spoils the gig for me. I want yeah. everybody to be happy, enjoy the music, not start a big fight. And I don't want people coming on stage, treading on all the guitar effects, smacking yeah. me in the back of their yeah. head yeah. and all of this business. So, uh, so that's it really. Yeah. So it, it's the double edged thing. It has all this power and emotion. And it also has this curse where it draws real stupid people onto the stage. Real idiots, you know, get onto the stage. So I think there was a problem when Steve came up with a couple of those parts. I think there was some kind of Scottish curse going on (laughs) that would, you know, would make people like suddenly they would hear that, hear that. Do, 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 and they go, oh, I must get on the stage, I must get on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little recollection from Blaze playing the song uh, in latter years. Yeah. What do you think, Carlotta? Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, well, he, he explains it very clearly how he sees it. Yeah. Like it's a double edged thing because of it has all this emotional qualities to it, but sometimes a little bit too much. It makes people, uh, maybe mostly men, uh, but Probably, yeah. who knows? But yeah, yeah, um, I think it's a fair bet. But, yeah. yeah, but makes them go into this like tribal mode, yeah, almost uh, that some songs uh, can do. Like they heighten a lot of testosterone, I guess. Uh, mm, or and, something. Uh, yeah. It, it's yeah, it's it's one of those songs because it has such a strong build-up and it comes to this really because it's so catchy and so fierce and a lot of people can take what they want from it really the freedom part and also the way he sings it it has such like emotional power so i'm not i'm not surprised (laughs) but it was really funny hearing him (laughs) (laughs) recollect about this yeah Yeah. it it was very animated through the whole, yeah, <laughs> very animated yeah, through the you whole could interview. Hear that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sometimes standing up, waving his arms. 
Yeah. <laughs> so he was, he was, he, he had a, he's a high energy dude. Yeah. yeah high energy yeah, guy, you know, still, still to this date. And, yeah. and yeah. I mean, it's nice to hear also the that's recollections cool. from him building his own PA together with his boys in, in Belgrade. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and the army guys coming in, punching each other and, you know, having a, maybe the best time of their lives. Who, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And being super and friendly afterwards. And they were lovely people. Lovely. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's a nice, yeah. And, and for your listeners, you can look forward to about an hour, at least more of, of us talking with Blaze for next week. Yeah. It's going to be up then. Um, we should point out that's the same day his, his new album, yeah. uh, War Within Me, is released. And I think it's... Uh, I think the vinyl has been delayed, but it's probably on C it's on CD and it's on uh, streaming and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll post a link so you guys can find yeah. it. Obviously. I also wanted to ask the both of you before we yes. close off the Klansman, this concept, uh-huh. this thing, this freedom thing, mm-hmm. is it an actual thing or is it more of an idea? You know, uh, who is really free in this world? You're never free. So, You're always limited by like at least survival at the very yeah. least. And then you have your people around you. I mean, even the Scots weren't free. In, you know, in, in the way I see it, this is no. going into Maidenese philosophy zone. But I wanted to ask you about this because, you know, he's fighting for freedom. It's beautiful and all that. But even the Scots weren't free. You know, you're always limited by some kind of standard, aren't you? Yeah. Um, well, of course, like freedom, like total and complete freedom from whatever it is. Um, right. Is an idea, um, mostly. But if I'm not... I'm thinking about that scene uh, in, in Braveheart, yeah. the freedom scene when he rides back and forth. And uh, he, if I remember it correctly, he talks about like, yeah, what is freedom? Is freedom when you go back uh, to, uh, if you run away and you go back to your beds, mm-hmm. will you have freedom then? Right. Uh, or, or will you be finally free when you fight and possibly die for something you believe in. So that is the idea um, getting realized, I guess, like that you're prepared to die for the concept of freedom, so to speak. Good way, a good way uh, to put it, concept of freedom. Yeah, 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 because I also agree that that freedom is it's something you 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 see in front of you. Um, and that you're, you have an, a notion, an idea of what freedom is. Um, but also, as we can see in many wars and, and torn wars in historical context, um, freedom is never black, black and white uh, either. Uh, there's freedom. If, if there is freedom, it always comes to cost yeah. to other people as well. And some new limitations may come to play, right? Like yeah. if we are in the freedom, mm-hmm. we have a... Uh, one of my favorite bands, right? Megadeth, before mentioned, they have this chorus, uh, P-Cells, but who's buying and is going. If there's a new way, I'll be the first in line, but it better work this time. You know, So there's yeah. always going to be new powers coming to play. Or in yeah. uh, Fate's Warning on, on No Pray for the Dying, which we'll get to fairly soon, they have the, you know, not just one power runs the show. And so mm. that's maybe what I, what I wanted to point at. You know? so yeah. There's always going to be I, some I, powers that be... Yeah, that, that's true. I think a face warning it probably has to do with that seems to well we'll get to that. Well, never mind, not gonna get into no, that I'm now. Looking we'll forward get, to that. My favorite song on no prayer. So good. All right, well there we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that in the um, that a lot of times, you know, there's an illusion of, you know, being free or not free, but I think in the case where we're talking if we're talking about this song and what what inspired it and that context, 
where there was a very literal, very physical, you know, actual oppression going on. No. Yeah. There, even if it's not, you know, if, if they can, you know, even if it's, who knows, maybe just maybe very minimal things were different. I'm assuming after they, you know, all that mess was sorted out. I, I'm assuming things weren't amazing right afterwards, put it that way. But, you know, to not have to, you know, live under someone else's boot, even if, even that, even if being outside the boot is not great and you still have other limitations, you're still other free boots. of that thing. Other boots or just, just yeah. the boot of life. Smaller boots, maybe. Or just the fact that, you know, yeah. best case scenario, we're all going to die at some point. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, maybe you can do that without having, you know, you know, getting bullied while you're here by, you know, by your, by your neighbors. And that's what they wanted to do. So I think that in that context, freedom for them, and that, in that instance, was a very real thing. Right. Uh, as a resident Yank or a resident yeah. American of this show, I huh? think it's apt that you had the good description of freedom in this right. case. Yeah, there we go. It's part of this part of the nation, isn't it? Part yeah. of the ideal. But yeah, I just yes. wanted to ask you yeah. this. It's, it's, this kind of stuff interests me, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm provoked to 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 thinking about this or philosophizing around this when I hear a song that shouts freedom yeah. in the chorus. And yeah. I'm part of it. I'm part of it in, in you know in the arena, shouting freedom and feeling it too. So yeah. Yeah. Conclusion: strong song on the list. Definitely. Awesome. Totally. Now, here comes one of those love instances where we, uh, there's going to be, um, we feel very differently around this table, around this, you know, metaphorical table, if you will, about this next song. Because I know for, I know the two of us like it. I know one person here does not. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a Maiden song. I listened to it now before recording, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and bring up the things I like first, actually. I mean, I can't, it, it, it wasn't, I, I don't want to spoil the, the for, for the listeners, what, what, you know, but I mean, you, you did call it in the chat messages coming, and then you wrote lol. So I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the lol was for me listening to it so close on, uh, before oh. recording, actually. Well, fair but, enough. Okay. But, okay. But, okay, I, but I, did, uh, I did join in with Joel from Maiden Pod and I'm calling it a bit of a toilet break song. That when this comes, uh, you go to, uh, you go to the porta potties. And, uh, well, and get sorted for the rest of the set. So I did say that, but now upon listening, uh, the first riff, for example, is a really good riff. I like it. It has this mm. rush vibe there. It's a good riff. And uh, there are good solos in the song too. So I'm starting off with that. I like well, those parts. This is one of those songs that, that we heard that 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 uh, evening or day. In, in August. That evening at Gula Villa. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. But yeah, August 2010 at some point, I think. Yeah. And uh, it was. Uh, I'll, I'll say this: I I I I do like the song. Uh, I think I liked it more then than I do now, mm. but because I like a lot of times when something's new, I'll be very excited about it. I think it's very good. I think that they should they should uh, they should bring it out again. I think it would, I think it could. Uh, uh, I thought it really worked well live when I saw it on that tour. And uh, I mean, you've had your you had your killer listening session too. That helps to yeah, bring an yeah. album closer to your heart for sure. Yeah. I did not have that. At that time, I was on my lowest of Maiden fandom mm. probably ever. And I saw the gig also the, on the final front tour, and I wasn't thrilled. It was my least favorite Maiden gig to date by far, mm. by a stretch. You know? But I think it also, to a large extent, was maybe my fault, because En Vivo is a strong live album with the same set. Mm. The set really works, and it's interesting. They bring in a lot of new stuff. It's, it's pretty cool that they do that. And uh, I think Coming Home is slightly better on, on the live version as well. 
But mm-hmm. uh, I guess to just kick in one of my criticisms is that the verses is Bruce on autopilot. He always makes well, this verse. He can make this ver- these verses in his sleep. Like, maybe, yeah. So many of those in his yeah. solo stuff, especially in his solo stuff. Songs like uh, uh, that song, uh, Power of the Sun, Navigating the Seas of the Sun. Uh, it's a couple of those where he sings this exact type verse. And for me, it's autopilot. I shut off. I, I lose interest immediately. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Well, well, well. I also, I think it's a it's a good song. Um, I also like the riff in the beginning. It really sets. That's a good riff. It gets your attention. It is it is a good a, a good start and a good riff. It's catchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like the chorus. I think the chorus because it really it is kind of a power ballad. Oh, very I much guess. so. Very much. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the the chorus is very like, um, yeah, chantable, <laughs> or, or how to say. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, but but now that you say it, yeah, I, I I agree. Like the the verse can come off as a little bit flat, uh, but in whole, I think it's it's a nice song. It's an enjoyable song, uh, and also I think that the lyrics have a lot of depth. And a lot of meaning, and they seem very personal mm. uh, to Bruce. I'm, I'm mm. one for the lyrics, actually. I'm one for them. Mm. I, th- yeah. I think they're honest, and you know, with the runway things, and you know, just. I mean, actually, I'm gonna go on a small tangent here, personal one. But actually, mm. when I when I fly, when I leave ground, and when I touch ground, I have these songs that I play. Uh, one of them is uh, Liner Skinner Freebird, and then a while back I had Starlight with Muse. The ship is taking me far away from all the people I know or all the people who care if I live or die, that kind of stuff. This is the touchdown song. Never been oh, really? never yeah. been mine. It's never been mine, but it's so much the same thinking from Bruce uh, yeah. towards what I do when I, I'm, I'm not interested in aviation. I'm not a flyer. I don't know the models of planes, but there's mm. a certain feeling to touching down on the runway. Yeah. And I have to say he, he nailed that. You know? yeah. Being a fan yeah. or not of the whole thing, he nailed that. And uh, that's a that's a power ballad worthy lyrical topic. It, it, it's like, but also the the because uh, it seems like the sort of overall theme. Um, I mean, it, it's done very well, but it's also sort of the band on tour uh, song kind of song. If you look at some of the lyrics, you know, it's like there. It's a, or it, yeah, I think it's some degree touches. Um, uh, for instance, one of the lines that uh, where I've been tonight, you know, I will not stay, uh, that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. So traveler song, traveler song. And that's, you know, I think that, that, that particular, uh, theme has been done. Oh, it's so worn out. Yeah. yeah. But they did worn it very out. well, but they worn did it very out. well. Some they of did. those songs are so bad, like hard road with Sabbath. I'm not sure if it's about that, but <clears throat> sorry, there's a many, there's many of these songs that they don't really work for anything more than projecting a cliche. If you know no. what I mean, and, and the, uh, be, again, being the critic in this in this segment, I don't think this is one of those. I think this actually captures the feeling that's you know the the, the feeling that is the reason behind me having touchdown songs. Yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. something special in that moment. Yeah. You know, I don't think you're allowed to listen to music at that time, but I always do. <laughs> but nowadays you can, I think. Yeah, I always do. I, put, I take them out sometimes when the when the flight attendants pass. You know, uh, <laughs> also and sneaky, and then I also, put them back in. Even if you're not allowed to, if even even if they tell you not to, I mean, I can't hear them. I have my headphones on, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
it's even it's on flight mode as well you know it's not even on well that's fine even, though even though that's... that whole thing is also bullshit it doesn't it doesn't interfere with their equipment you know what shit equipment could they have <laughs> like you turn on your yeah. personal mobile phone and the, and the equipment breaks it's not like that it's an attention but, thing you know you, the, you want the attention of of, yeah. of, of the passengers I think. well well yeah. If, we, if we have any but, pilots out there, they can tell us if this is, they can write it and tell if this is true or not. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. Like it, it has this, because it has this like nostalgic feel to it, that it falls a little bit in, into a cliche. Uh, but also like when you look at certain parts of, of the lyrics, it kind of feels like also this, this might be a reconstruction that he does afterwards when mm -hmm. he has landed his plane but the things he reflect on when he's flying when he's above ground uh, like yeah over borders that divide the earthbound tribes like for that. example like he's he's above um all all nations all borders um it's actually they're, quite they're beautiful nothing up there uh, and uh, also which is it uh, as the waves and echoes of the towns become the ghosts of time yeah like also his um like in a timeless state uh so to speak so, so maybe these are the things that actually he reflects on um yeah when he's uh, above ground i like that especially the tribe parts with the borders and the tribes it's well written you have to say yeah. like there's no way around that and Again, maybe that's what pulls it out of the cliche zone. That is actually well written lyrics, and mm. he's on autopilot in the verses. But mm. well, I, I mean, that's lot, I yeah. listen to a lot of folk music. You know, I like mm. old folk music, and it's very often autopilot in the verses. You know, so I, I can't be the one to to really judge that because I think you know also blues music I like, and this is the same thing. The verses are on autopilot. You have this, you well, know, oh, I left my woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But also, so, uh, the, yeah. that's also subjective. I mean, that, 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 again, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, but I, I imagine there's people who don't agree with you in, in that. And uh, so the, the if it's autopilot or not, c kind of probably is, it ha depending how interesting you find it. If it's like, oh my God, what's this? This is so cool. Then maybe you don't get that same feeling. Right, uh, right. You know, I, I, can't, I can't imagine when he, when, you know, even if he's doing it, when he's in there singing it, he's probably not thinking, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just throw on the old autopilot and belt one out. No, he probably I think he's just feeling it, just feeling it. Yeah. No, so you know, then then even even though it might be kind of you know a, a day at the office is what yeah. it turns into me for some, for, but for some people it's not. That that's a, that's what mm. I mean. It's it, you you know subjective. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I find a fair point because autopilot is is a bit of a nasty term from my end because you could also call it just going by feel. We're just going by what comes yeah. to you. And yeah. that's going to be similar. That goes for the blues music and the folk yeah. music. Definitely goes for those kind of styles. And uh, just, you know, not forcing something radically different. Just, you yeah. know, just singing yeah. like Bruce Dickinson sings a verse the way he likes to sing. So I think yeah. you have a good point, Eric, that uh, it's maybe he's not thinking autopilot. He's feeling no. the song. Yeah. He's singing the song. Yeah. I just have to say, it's so funny we're talking about him being on autopilot. Yeah, I just a, imagine him song. sitting in his plane, like, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. on autopilot, yeah. doing nothing. So he'd, he'd be doubly offended by that, <laughs> then, wouldn't he? I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I did have that in the back of my mind as I brought the word out, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, planted, I planted that. Pun. Yeah, I planted that. Uh, just uh, quickly mentioning the music, uh, it, it's a very kind of Adrian kind of... Uh, yes. It sounds like something that could have been on, like, Accident of Birth or... Uh, 
or maybe more so accident Definitely birth than chemical accident wedding. Accident of birth, I would say mostly yeah. accident of birth. It has that yeah. sound more so than chemical wedding. This one, I think. Uh, have you heard? Have you uh, have you listened to a chemical uh, accident of uh, uh, birth or chemical wedding? I think I have, but it was a long time ago. Okay. So I don't have any particular input. Uh, I would it's say. a strong recommend, actually. Good albums, mm-hmm. those two. And but both of them, yeah, they're really good. In, we'll get to them in years as well. That's yeah. the intended plan, anyway. And oh. I mean, speaking of Adrian's song, I have no isolated tracks per se, but I have an isolated mic from Adrian playing this on Envivo, the solo. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the microphone on a speaker, but uh, or maybe his like his hearing mix or something. But it's. There's some other stuff in the background, but you, let's feature his solo. It's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's a good solo. That's a great Very solo. Nice. So good and so melodic. I love those. And uh, I think again, like we talked about in our Adrian Smith solo special episode with Christian, also a strong recommend. Uh, we uh, we talked about how he encapsulates a whole song in a, in a solo. And here you feel it too. You have that kind of what would you call that? Nostalgia. We said before, but I would also mm. call it sentimental type mm. vibe. Yeah. You know, very. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of tearful and yeah. tears of ambiguous nature, you know. It yeah. has a similar solo on the um, that I really like, has the same kind of feel on the previous album, A Matter of Life and Death, during Out of the Shadows. is a very kind of that kind of similar vibe. song, too. Yeah. Bruce Ballad type thing. Yeah. But I think this one is now coming up as, as more of a fave to me than, than Out of the Shadows, which I think is another of his autopilot yeah. type songs, you know. We also, had, we also had Fatih Amon, and she brought up the fact that Bruce has a, a knack of bringing in some cheesy stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. but also... Song is no, it's not, this song is cheesy, okay, I'm just going to put it out there. It's a cheesy song, but I've always said also that Maiden are always allowed to be cheesy. And if, yeah, if they're not allowed yeah. to be cheesy, they're no longer Maiden. So that's always like, yeah. that's the main rule. But this is one of the cheesier, I think. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'll have to agree too, yeah. But... Yeah, good point. Like, they always allow themselves to make those kind of cheesy songs yeah. as well. Like, in the contrast to, like, the more, the tougher songs or the, the songs with a, they have very different, like, settings of, yeah, um, sentimentality and emotionality and, like, everything in their songs from hardcore war songs to these types of, yeah. and I, I think that's a, yeah, that's a, a the they're diverse um, yeah. in the way they're they're uh, writing lyrics and uh, yeah um, and also the music like uh, the feel the different feelings and yeah. in the different songs um, it's it's a, it's a strength I would say like uh-huh. they have 
uh, all, all that experience that they have and also like the the calm to it that they're allowing themselves to do it um, comes with experience i guess it's a good point yeah i think so too and i have to also uh, like uh, i have to um, what's the word disclaim that i think the cheesy part of this song is not in the lyrics actually i think it's more in the, no, in the music exactly. part of it in the in musical the music, part yeah. Mm, yeah but it's a bit bland i and, agree and also yeah. uh, uh, there could be very heavy maiden songs that have more cheese yeah. than very calm maiden yeah. songs let's for yeah, example exactly. uh, remember tomorrow from the first album to me is yeah. almost no cheese in that even though it's a mm. ballad almost a power ballad you know yeah but the cheese is incredibly incredibly subjective you know it's yeah, yeah, no yeah, way yeah. to prove that something is cheesy and something is not and yeah and also again this is a band that has to be allowed to be free to be cheesy and not second guess themselves we can co come back to that time and time again but it's so important to what maiden is they're not second guessing it they're not thinking is this mm. gonna work is this cool for the for, for the kids mm. yeah they're just going for it just going for it yeah yeah stubborn yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very stubborn heavy metal band stubborn men <laughs> yeah now I'm gonna. Even though I was uh, initially started out as the, you know, on the offense trying to defend this or defense, I guess would be rather because I just said defense yeah. trying to defend this, I still probably wouldn't put this on the top fifty. And there's no way for me to do that. No. How do you? No, I wouldn't no. put it in the top fifty no. either. So there we Consensus. go. That's yeah. That's that then. But I did come <laughs> to I did come to like it a little bit more actually. Uh, just go. approaching it now, and it's always you know fun to hear perspectives, and that's why a, a podcast like this actually works because it's you could ram ramble on about Maiden forever. I'm gonna repeat myself if I do, but when I get different perspectives on it, it's new again. You know, we get to yeah. relive this band uh, yeah. that yeah. we all love over and over in that sense so yeah but i mean also the, the you know cheers to cheers to maiden podcasting <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that's the fun bit also but you know there they are they are 16 albums in now at this point you're there's there's no way you know everything's going to be you know your, your fucking favorite song on anything because there's you no. know there's that's just the way it works it is but i said i i, I do if, if if we did a top i don't know if we expand the list lately this might be on there but it's not it's not a top 50. I don't think it is, but also like it's not a bad song. It's a good song. I, I will say no, that it's, it's a good uh, song. I will say there's one. There's one that I can. You can probably figure out which one it is uh, on on the list currently that I enjoy less than this song. The assassin. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's largely due to Henrik wanting to put it on there, and I was like kind of feeling empathy with that, and also I like the song, so it ended up there. But no, 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 no. I mean, it touches well, well, no, I'm gonna. No, no, well, I, I look forward to an aggressive end of the road kind of episode and we get to vote stuff off. Yeah, <laughs> with a huge circle of, of, of guests and previous yeah, guests. That one, we can <laughs> that one we can probably do in person if we want to. That'd be fun. That'd be fun, yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that's... Uh, that's pretty much it. I had some other burning question in my mind, but uh, it, it escaped me now. Maybe we talked about something more important than that. But uh, then I can just say that it's been nice to have you on here as a guest. Really nice. And hopefully you come back at some point, discuss another song. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Uh, and uh, I'll be happy to be back if you're having me. That's, uh, I was going to say that when, when we started kicking the idea around for this podcast, one of the first people I, I knew I wanted to have on was you. So just say really? yes, yes. Wow, so that's a compliment. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. We've been very lucky with guests and uh, just yeah. realizing how many people out there are actually huge fans of this band. It's, yeah. it's a good feeling and uh, 
It yeah. makes it more interesting to do it again with different perspectives yeah. and all that. Yeah, for sure. So that's it. Coming home and Clansman. Yeah. Fun episode to do. Yes. I like doing it. Uh, again, quite different songs. Second time on uh, Virtual Eleven. Second time on Final Frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ending in the near of the seas. Next week we have uh, Blaze Extravaganza. Right. It's going to be yeah. Blaze. Lots so, of Blaze. Yeah. The plan now is to release uh, Como Estas Amigos episode with his input in it. Uh, with me and Eric, and then the full interview uh, on the yep. same day. So until then... Until then, what to say? Well, you can say it, you usually do, so... Up the irons. Up the irons. Up the irons. There you go. <laughs>